All right. Hey, anybody that's watching uh, this video, uh, I'm Nate Holdridge, pastor of Calvary Monterey, and I'm here with my good friend, Pastor Bill Buffington from Calvary Chapel, Englewood. Bill, great to see you, brother. Hey, I'm blessed to be here with you, man. Thank you for having me, and good to hang out with you via Zoom. I remember maybe four or five years ago, I uh, was able to first hear you speak at, at one of our uh, Calvary uh, conferences, pastors' conferences, and I just loved your heart. And I remember just thinking, like, I, 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 I hope and I pray that I could be friends with Bill someday, that I could get a chance to get to know you a little bit. And then, of course, through our Calvary Global Network kind of groups and different pastors' meetings we've had over the years, we had some times to be together in, in a smaller groups. And I just, I had that same feeling like, Lord, I, I just pray that you would connect me to Bill somehow. And uh, through those meetings, it seems like we've been able to develop a, a friendship. And, and now you've taught at uh, my church and I've had the privilege and honor of teaching at your church. So we know each other's church families a little bit. And uh, it's just been so neat to, to build that connection with you. And I'm really thankful to you today because uh, you know, though I know one man isn't called to be a representative of the entire black community, I have so appreciated the, the willingness that you've shown to me and to others to engage in conversation and to share your heart. It's been very enlightening to me and encouraging to me over the last four or five years. So thanks for agreeing to come on and just share with, with me your heart and how you're processing um, you know, George Floyd's death um, or murder and, um, and, and, and the events that have unfolded, you know, since then as people process and, and uh, have outrage and as years of hurt and pain are now being seen in living color on a lot of our television and, you know, phone screens. So thanks, man, for coming to chat with me. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm blessed to Blessed to be your brother. Blessed to have you as my brother, man. And uh, I think in, in times like this, man, um, I really believe the church is, we're, we should have the answers, man. We, we, we have to demonstrate um, to a lost world around us, you know, how do we come together? You know, how do we, how do we discuss things and, and come to conclusions that bring health and healing um, rather than division and destruction? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be happy to sit with a, with a brother like you, man, and, and discuss the things that are happening and, and, and how, how God might intervene and, you know, how, how looking to Christ, how the gospel, uh, could impact this. And, and help yeah. Us. Yeah. That's, what's been so encouraging to me about some of the conversations that we've been able to be in over the last few years. It's just been the, the, uh, it's just so much better than a tweet or a, a quick Facebook post, you know, to, to look each other in the eye and, and talk. So, you know, for, for me, Bill, I think one of the first questions, and I, you know, asked you this before we hit the record button, but I'm just would love for you to share with, with us just, you know, how is, how are you doing? How is your church doing? You know, I know you guys are there in, in uh, the greater Los Angeles area. You're right in the heart of things, uh, you know, at least here in California. And uh, what, what are you seeing? How are the people in your congregation doing? How are you processing things right now, man? 
Yeah, it's kind of a unique season, man, because um, this time, you know, that this is not the first time we've had somebody black killed by the police or something, but we're not in regular kind of fellowship, you know, so right. I'm, I'm not really having the intimate touch with with the whole body um, that we would normally have. And so um, we're keeping in touch through different means. Um, and I, I think from what I can gather from before, even from, you know, interacting with people on their social media, um, there's different people that are feel about it different ways. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are people that are deeply hurt and everybody is, 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 is upset by it. I think that's across the board. Everybody feels like this was an injustice that this happened in 2020. Um, you know, now how people deal with those emotions is different, you know? So mm-hmm. I have some people that are very spirit minded and, you know, would just look to the Lord, you know, I have some people that are more, you know, tending to be angry, you know, and just, you know, um, the cry that I'm hearing is just like, like something, like something has to be done, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe for those, you know, outside the black community, you know, maybe look at this one thing. Cause I, you know, this is one of the few times where it was, it was dealt with rather quickly by the police. Mm-hmm. You know, he was arrested quickly and he was fired quickly. Um, but what people may not realize is if you're in the black community, it's, this is like, it's been a, a pot boiling and just blew over. You know, there was, you know, there was a young lady that was killed. Then there was a mob, Mawberry who was, he was killed by two civilians who thought he was a robber when he was just jogging, killed him, and they went back home that night. And, mm-hmm. and it took over a week before they were brought to justice after lots of commotion and yeah. stuff. So um, there's, you know, these other cases. And then this one happened. I think this one, for most of us that saw it, I mean, the video was so long, and it was just to hear this man crying out and, to hear people in the crowd crying out and the, just to see the look on the guy's face as he just knelt with his weight. It just, it just, just sent everybody over, you know, and just, you know, why is this still happening to us in mm. 2020? And so I think that's the cry of, of the heart of many, you know, black people is like, man, why, why is it okay to do this to us? You know, why, why are we suffering this, um, in such a, so much more of a greater, um, you know, percentage than other, you know, other people. Um, and, and it doesn't seem like we always get justice, you know? And so yeah. uh, then it makes you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a black man. So it's like, man, I don't feel protected. You don't feel safe. Um, you know, the, the group, if the group that's supposed to protect you is, is a threat, then, um, if you have sons, you know, just kind of the trickle effect. So those are the sentiments right now. People are, are just feeling um, like, man, something has to change in our, our, our justice system. And, you know, it's frustrating because I, I think we all know that it's probably not, you know, it's probably not going to happen. And so um, I think so you, you have a lot of people that are, you know, they're hurt, there's anger, there's frustration, there's it's kind of all, all, all mingled in. Um, and even among believers, you know? Yeah. This last uh, Sunday, I um, happened to write and pray a, a prayer, you know, before the teaching related to, you know, uh, all these events and, you know, George Floyd's death being kind of the last event that precipitated me praying. And, and in the prayer, 
I use the word systemic, you know, a systemic issue. And I was talking with uh, a woman in the church afterwards, African-American woman, and she, she's about my age. And she was just sharing with me what it was like for her and her brothers growing up and uh, even in our area and the, the, all the directions that they had to follow from their parents and their elders kind of teaching them, here's, if you get pulled over or if you're around the police, this is how you, especially her brothers, how you need to um, behave. And I've, you know, heard that before, of course, but tell me about that. I mean, that's just like growing up myself as a white kid, you know, it was like, that was never, nobody ever had that conversation with me. Nobody ever, you know, talked to me about how to behave around the police. It was like, Hey, those are the police, you know, tip your cap. That's respect, you know, towards, towards them. But for you, you know, talk to me about that. Yeah, definitely totally different. You know, my, my mom was very concerned, especially when I was younger, you know, and um, she would always, you know, she really would harp on that. You know, um, one of her girlfriend's uh, husband was a cop and she actually had him come over and try to, you know, explain to me, hey, this is how you need to engage, you know, with police officers. Wow. I'm, I'm training. A, I got a 15 and a half year old son that's learning how to drive right now. And, um, and that's part of the conversation. I said, son, if you're ever involved with it, you know, please ever pull up and you gotta, um, just be super compliant, you know, same way you speak to people at church, be very respectful. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you can't give them any reason, uh, cause some of them are, are assuming at sight that you're, you, you might be something that you're not. So, um, the way you speak to them, you know, which we convince them that you're not that, you know, so you can get your ticket and go home. Mm. And, and it's definitely something we have to consider um, that I don't, I think if I could be white when I got pulled over, it, I would, you know, <laughs> you, I get my ticket and, you know, and go on home. It, you do consider it because, mm. you know, I've, I've, I've been pulled over by, I've had a, uh, in my lifetime, my fair share of, you know, cop experiences. And to be fair, uh, many cops that were just doing their job, you know, give me my ticket, but I've had cops be kind to me and give me a pass, you know, um, but I also have had cops that were just, I'm, I'm, I'm never combative. I've had cops that felt like I need to be detained. Um, I need to be cuffed and detained while they, you know, for their safety. Mm. Um, but I'm not posing a threat. I'm not speaking in a threatening matter, but they feel, I'll, I'll feel better with you cuffed and detained while I look through your stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a humiliation to that, you know, when you're, you're like, man, I, I live here, you know, I didn't do anything. Are people going to see me and assume, um, and you're, but you're handcuffed and you're sitting on a curb or you're in the back of a car because they're curious about what's in your car and why you're here. So those are things that definitely, they are a reality if you're, you're a black person. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I actually had a, a guy that was a believer that attended my, my old church and was a police. When I lived in Downey, which is a predominantly white and Hispanic mm -hmm. area, I used to like to do my devotions at the cemetery because um, I like all the green and trees. I would park under a tree and you know sit there and read. And I was sitting there reading and he rolled in um, before he realized it was me. Um, he rolled by and then he came back and then he you know came out and put the lights on and he came over and it was like, what are you doing here? And I said, hey, it's me, bro. I'm sitting here reading, you know? And um, I said, what made you stop me? 
what made you go back and forth? And uh, the reality, it was, it was, I wasn't doing anything wrong. It was nothing illegal about sitting there. It's a, it's a you know, it's a public place. But something said to him, man, it's a black guy sitting in a car alone. That's suspicious. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing you live with. And, and it's like, man, this is a guy I fellowship with. Right. You know, and it's, it's you, you walk away from that feeling some kind of way, you know. It's just, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's helpful to hear about and it's helpful to just think through that. And it's also just crazy to me having met and interacted with your son. I mean, he's just the sweetest mm-hmm. young man, you know, and to think that a kid like that would need a tutorial on how to behave in a, in that situation. It's just wild. Cause he's just, so he's just the kindest, you know, gentlest young man. So thanks for sharing that. You were telling me a little bit about, uh, cause I was kind of curious, just, um, you know, obviously this, you know, originated this current, you know, story originated in, um, in Minneapolis, uh, but you know, has reverberated into, um, mostly, you know, peaceful protests, which I think are, you know, great. We've had some peaceful protests here in our community. You know, I think history shows that that can be a great way for a people to communicate their desires and stand against an injustice that's taking place. Um, but then, you know, there have been some, some violent, you know, things that have happened and some unrest and, you know, that tends to get uh, the clicks and the, the news, you know, highlights a lot more than people praying together or singing worship songs or, you know, just uh, chanting together if they're non-believers, you know. But I have been curious in knowing that we'd have this conversation, just how, how's it going in, in your area? What, what are you seeing, you know, boots on the ground as people are protesting peacefully or not peacefully? What, what are you experiencing there? Yeah, we're we're having both. You know, there's peaceful peaceful protests. There's more aggressive, um, you know, angry protests. And mingled in with both groups of protesters are opportunists who, you know, kind of like to steal the opportunity to to steal some things, you know. But mm. um, I, I I would I would give this perspective on you know the riots because I had someone ask me, um, you know, why do, why are they rioting and and you know like what what does that accomplish? You know, it doesn't accomplish anything. And um, I would say this to that. Now, obviously, I don't agree with it. You know, I don't think you're going to, I don't think it's sure. the answer. Um, but I'm also in a position where I could never say I don't understand it. So um, in a Black community where, you know, you don't typically get justice first. Um, an example of that would be, you know, the Rodney King case. You know, we had um, Rodney King was beat. It was one of it was early in the days, early camera phones. But somebody caught the entire thing on video yep. and turned it in, and the whole world saw this man beaten. He had a, a skull fracture, teeth knocked out, bones broken. Um, you know, it was a terrible beating, and you know we were sure these cops are going to get. You know, they're going to get jail time. For there this. it is in black and white. It has been recorded. Yeah, and yeah. so we were we were there and. There were only peaceful protests up till the court date. Um, the court date came and we did not get justice. He, all four cops were acquitted, which said to black people, we can pull you over, we can, we can beat you senseless on the street. And after going to court, the court just told us, and it's okay to do it. 
Right. And so then we rioted. And I was about 10th grade at that time. The L.A. riots was 92. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, we rioted. Now, as a kid, I, was, I did hate the injustice. I was also being an opportunist. I was not a believer at the time. Um, I was in the mix. I was in the mix of people that were just stealing stuff and, you know, you know, just it's angry. You're like, man, what happened in L.A. was all the stores in your community don't belong to you. So when they say you're tearing up your community because we don't own it. So you got the Asian people that own the liquor stores. This group owns this and they they all profit off of us, but we don't get to own any of it. So mm. there was this all this type of anger, just outbursts and people burned down sh shops and pillaged and, and rioted and, and, and went through and stole stuff. Now to the person that would say, well, why did you do that? Because after we rioted, then they they did the trial again. They did the civil suit and Rodney King got some money. The two officers went to jail for 30 months. The other two were fired, none of which had happened prior. They weren't mm -hmm. fired. Um, they were on paid leave. They were getting paid to be on vacation while the trial went. And so, it, 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 you know, I would argue to people, I would say, you know, which was wrong? Was it wrong that they didn't give Black people justice initially? Mm -hmm. Or was it wrong that we rioted, you know? Um, and I feel like both were wrong, you know, but, but what happens in the black community is when there's another trial that comes up or another person gets killed, people then wait and they're like, if they don't do the right thing, then we're going to riot because this is what they hear. This is the language. They don't hear peaceful protests. That, that doesn't, it, it doesn't mean as much. It doesn't really move them. But, you know, you burn a city down and as terrible as that is, then they're listening. Now you have our attention. Now, okay, 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 okay. We'll, we'll do something about it, you know? Um, so I wish that both weren't the case. I wish people weren't rioting and burning down cities, but I also wish that people weren't killing black men, you know, that law enforcement were free to kill black people and, and, and then go unpunished, you know? And so um, it's, and this, I think that's a frustration right now where you got people that are watching their white friends that, they, they had nothing to say about the injustice of the murder, right. but they had a lot to say about the, 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 their, their anger against the looters. And it's like, yeah. wow, so, you know, you, you, you care about the stuff that's burning down. You don't care about the people that, are, that, are live, that live at risk in their mm -hmm. communities. Um, and and I, those are some of the frustrations, I think, that are right now. You know, and again, as a believer, of course, but I think I see both as wrong. I think the riot and the looting is not the answer. I think that, you know, there should be justice that, you know, cops shouldn't be able to behave that way. Um, but I also am in a position where when I see it, I don't feel like, I don't know why they're doing that. I do. I, I know why they're frustrated. And this seems to be, this seems to be what works, you know? Right. Um, and it kind of be like if, if somebody smacked me in the face, but nobody saw that. And a week later, I, I saw the guy that smacked me in the face. And everybody saw me go and, and punch him, you know, you might say, well, wow, I don't know why he punched him. It was just out of nowhere, you know. But if you saw him hit me in the face, you know, a week ago, and you're like, oh, this is this is this is a cause and effect, you know, he's responding to that. I at least understand. I don't think it's right. They're both wrong. Right. Um, but some people aren't able to if I feel like it feels like some people aren't willing to say the first thing was wrong. They're only willing to say this part's wrong, but they're yeah. both wrong wrong that yeah this happened and now this is wrong in response you know and, and to understand that even if something is wrong you know unbelievers are going to act like unbelievers so can you sometimes see the motivation 
for them doing what what they've done in in your area is it um i don't mean to you know highlight the unrest you know more than than the uh getting to you know other issues but has it been uh has it been incited from outside groups a lot is it from the community is it you know how have you viewed it it's a combination i think um there's definitely there's definitely, you know, people from the community that are partaking, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you do have a large percentage of people from the community that are wanting to do the positive, you know, yeah. protest. And yeah. we have a large number of outsiders that are coming in and providing bricks, providing materials, actually instigating um, some of what were peaceful protests into riots. And so that's a frustration now where black people are there video and they're like, look, look at there white people coming in, literally dropping off bricks and telling people where to go next. You know, does, does that feel new? Is that like a, is that in the age of the internet, social media, like that's a new thing? That feels or? brand new. I, I don't yeah. remember that before. That, that, that seems like a new thing recently that's happening where someone else is behind the scenes saying, Hey, we can, we can take advantage of this and, and um, you know, so uh, that definitely is a new thing. Yeah. Um, but because everybody's got a camera phone, um, the videos of these other groups are, are surfacing everywhere where you're, you're seeing people, you know, catch them and say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? There, there are people that are stopping them like, no, don't do this. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want a peaceful protest. Um, so you have both, you know, you definitely have people that are tearing up and frustrated and they're you know expressing it you have people that are doing a very peaceful protest and just wanting to make their point uh, even to pray even their believers and pastors that are out there and then you have people that are completely coming from outside with some other agenda to do so um so yeah it's a mess (laughs) a tinderbox ready to go yeah so for for you bill i mean i i've been looking forward to chatting with you because of your your background your experiences living in the community you're living in living as a black man and and having all the experiences that would be unique to you that i would not experience but um also because i just love your love for the word and the gospel so as you're kind of watching everything seeing the the hurt the unrest um, that feeling of helplessness that you described, you know, that, hey, it's hard to have hope that a lot is really going to change. As you're processing all that, what are some of the scriptural uh, principles or, or Bible passages that you are hanging on to or recommend during a time like this? Um, and I'm glad you asked that because I, I think... I really believe that in a, for a believer, especially in a time like this, the, our knowledge of God, our, our, our understanding of the gospel, it should significantly impact how we feel, how we handle, how we, even how we manage everything that we're seeing, you know? And so um, as I filter everything through that grid, you know, some of the things that even recently I've been thinking through is, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the disciples in Christ day and, they wanted so bad for Jesus to, you know, are you going to fix this now? Are you going to stop mm. the woman from, a, are you going to do this yet? And Jesus was saying, no, that's not what I'm here to do. And there's an awareness in my heart that I'm, I'm not really looking for it to get better. Uh, mm. I'm not looking for sinners to do a better job governing mm. sinners. You know, <laughs> um, I'm not convinced that that's going 
to happen. I don't believe that the I don't believe the politics are going to fix it. I don't think that whoever it doesn't. I don't think it matters who the president is. I think that as long as I'm you know sinners are governing sinners, is going to be flawed and there's going to be issues mm. in that. We've never had righteous government since, you know, God was dethroned and they got Saul and we'll never have righteous government again till Jesus Christ himself is ruling and reigning. And mm -hmm. so um, this is not my home. I am passing through. I make my passage on earth as a black man, but a black man that knows God. Um, yes, there are people that appear to be over me, but God is sovereign over them. So nothing can happen to me that God doesn't, doesn't pass by God. So I don't have to live in fear. Um, I live with awareness that, yep, you're black and it's going to be different and people may treat me different. And people may do things. But if I step it up or not, there's a, there's a truth that says, but nothing can happen to me that doesn't pass by God. And even if something bad does happen, all things are working together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so those things keep me in place of saying, you know, and, and the, the awareness of this, that I'm, I'm blessed, right? I'm a sinner. Uh, I deserve to go to hell. And God, because of his mercy and his grace, he reached out to me. He saved me, made me aware of what he did, um, drew me to himself. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven now. I'm born again. And my objective on the planet is to proclaim that message and I got to keep my heart untainted. You know, mm. I can't become so angry at what that cop did that I say, all oh, cops, because I mean, even that guy, he's still alive. I got to have a heart that says, God, I pray you save him. You know, I pray yeah. as he's in a jail cell looking at the messy, I pray you would break his heart for what he wow. did. He would get saved. That's what, that's what God wants. You know, mm -hmm. um, when I see the, the kids and the people out rioting and looting and they're angry and they're, God, I pray you save them. They're hurting. They're angry. They're frustrated. Maybe they're just broken. They're just taking stuff. But God, you love them. You die. You spilt your blood for them. And if I can keep, I just got to keep a tender heart. And I, mm. I, I think that's important because I don't deserve to go to heaven, but I'm going. Mm. And I'm looking at a world that they don't deserve it. And they're doing things that are non-deserving of it. But here's the thing. They, in 92, in the LA riots, guess what I was doing? I was out there. I was, if they had videos, I would have been in the videos doing it. And people would have been looking and saying, look at him angry black kid and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. um, but until God saved me and now, you know, that's what changed everything. And so that could be true for, you know, a dirty cop. That could be true for um, someone rioting. Uh, it could be true for a number of different things. And so um, I think that perspective we have to keep. And as Christians in particular, I got to be so careful not to make enemies with the world that I'm trying to save, you know? Mm -hmm. So if a believer takes a position against that group or these people, you're positioning yourself against those that God has says, I want to draw them. Mm -hmm. I want to save them. And I want to do it through you if you could get out of my way. So, That's good. Um, and that, that, I think those, in those ways, the gospel, my understanding of what Christ has done for me, and the fact that I live in a fallen world, it, it does influence and it keeps me sane. You know, mm. I don't, I'm not looking for them to do a better job. So I'm not, mm. I'm not that bummed. It's disappointing. It's hurtful. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not really expecting much better, you know? Wow. So. When we were just uh, hashing it up before I hit record, you mentioned uh, the, the little verse in Romans about, 
weeping with those who weep and, and mm. rejoicing with those who rejoice, you know, mourning with those who mourn. Talk to me about that for a second. Yeah, I think um, I've had some experiences as this thing has taken place that have grieved my heart, you know, where I've listened to uh, brothers or sisters in Christ who, um, these are believers who just had no sense of compassion for what had happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just was like, okay, that happened, but but now look at what they're doing. It's, it just went right to, you know, this. And, and, um, and I would say to the church, uh, to the black church, to the white church, and hopefully we'll see ourselves as a united group, a church, you know, that um, when one group is, man, they're hurting. We want to, we want to hurt with them. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, I just want to get down where you are and say, man, I'm, I'm, you're hurting and I'm not because I'm not you, but, but I care that you're hurting. And, um, I think we need to embrace one another. We need to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. That's, and if we can't do that, the church can't even do that for itself. You know, um, I think our witness to the lost world is, it's not going to be real tasty. You know, we won't have a real, won't be a real salty, you know, uh, compelling perspective that we put forth, you know, and I, I think I was telling you about, um, I, I, I saw, I breed dogs and there's a guy that um, I work with in breeding dogs and this mm-hmm. Hispanic guy, not a believer, um, but I've been witnessing and sharing with him. Well, he was looking at all the protests and the black lives and this stuff and, and he got mad and he did a post and he, he said, F, you know, this blank, you know, the black lives. What about us? And he had a picture of the Hispanic families that were being, you know, stripped apart and put in the little gated cage looking things. And he said, you know, where's the outrage for this? And in that moment, for me, it was like, that's what's on his heart, you know? And he got ate up in the comments. Some people agreed. Some people thought, man, this is, this is not tasteful. This is not the right time for that. And for me, I really felt compelled to, to to write back to him and just say, "Hey, um, it would happen to George Floyd. Wrong. What happened? You know, separating kids from parents and trauma that has to cause wrong. You know, um, he had uh, videos of, of of some of the young youth, black guys, were doing things to the Alote people, and, hmm. uh, and I said, bro, I, I I all that stuff is wrong. And I just said, I I just I, I hear what you're saying, bro. And I just said, wrong is wrong." And I, I was sorry for his hurt, you know, but I, mm. I didn't want to say nothing. And I didn't want to, it wasn't the time to correct him. He's just basically cried out. I hurt too, mm. is what I heard, you know? And I think the church, we want to do a better job at hearing when you look at a post or something, it's like that brother saying, this hurts me. Mm. And, you know, don't, don't let your response say, and I don't care, you know? Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that's what people, yeah. you know, someone says a, a Black Lives Matter. So it's all lives matter. Well, we, no one's not we're not saying all lives don't matter. We're saying it doesn't seem like everybody thinks that these lives matter. Yeah. We're just saying that they do. And I don't typically use that tag because I don't agree with that movement. Uh, there are aspects of the movement that, that really, you know, violate who I am in Christ, you know. And so, um, but this, the, this, the, the idea that, you know, that Black people are saying, hey, our lives right. are being in the streets and, and, and we want to, we want to count like normal citizens. Give us, you know, give us that, you know, I, I, I agree with that, you know, so. That's so good. So, so Bill, I, you know, just listening to you, um, t- talk to me, like, what would you say to someone who says, Hey, you know, in Christ, 
There's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free. We're all one in Christ. You know, the fact that we're even talking about race, that's, that's contrary to the gospel somehow. You know, somebody who makes that kind of claim and says, you know, these are divisive kind of words. We shouldn't even be thinking this way. We're Christians now. What, what would you say? I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've had to deal with that before. What would you say? Yeah, I would. I mean, so first, I totally agree with the verse that in Christ, man, we are one, you know, and there is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, black, white, none of that. You know, there, there's, there's, um, there's unity in, in Christ. However, you know, um, you would have to really turn a blind eye as a, a white Christian to say that, hey, black Christians experience in the world is different than yours, you know? And so in Christ, and sometimes, unfortunately, what happens in the world spills over into the church. And so I think I've been in, I've been in healthy church dynamics where, man, you got a rainbow assortment of people and there's genuine fellowship and friendship and love and it's, it's awesome. It's what the church is supposed to provide. We're supposed to be the ones showing the world, and this is how to do it. This is how you bring together people who, different demographics, different races, different social classes, different economics, and, and they find unity in Christ because, you know, Christ is the common denominator. And, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I would be remiss if when I see my Hispanic brother um, and the, the things that they have, that they go through, you know, um, I, I have a friend that ministers to an Asian church, and when um, the whole coronavirus hit, they were experiencing a different form of racism. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, there's these, but these are believers. We love them. These are, this is a family of God, you know? So I don't want to negate or ignore that that was happening to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So we were, we did a Zoom, we were talking about that with them. And, mm. um, you know, I just think we, we, yes, in Christ, we're one, you know, but we live in the world and people are suffering in different ways. And, it could be really convenient to just ignore every issue that's not your issue, mm -hmm. um, but that's not a help. That's not a solid church, you know. That's not a that's not a healthy church that would say, "Ah, you're good, bro. You're you're, you're you know you live in you know every you have all the same opportunities I have. The world is you know you just got to get out there and make it happen. You know you're you're okay." And it's like it's a little different than that. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that easy for everybody. And there's that's where we got to have some compassion and and even just some reality i've got to be realistic about that you know as i minister to like young black men in our church here i used to do a youth ministry in downey and i understood if i'm talking to a young white kid mom and dad's at home um squared away kid i just know like if you just if you just aim the right direction you're going to be all right you're going to have opportunities doors are going to open i got a black kid over here that you know he may be these kids may be similar but i know for him you're going to have to fight a little harder maybe a lot harder. You're going to have to work harder to get the same opportunities and you still might not get them. Mm -hmm. And you got to be able to get up and keep going. You can't become a victim. You can't become a, and, 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 and it was just a reality. I, I got to prepare this kid different than that kid because they're going out into a world that's racist. And, yep. and it's just, it just is what it is. You know, as I raise my kids, same thing. Uh, we love Jesus above everything, but my kids are black. They got black skin on. So it's, I'm like, Hey, as you go, I, I encourage my son. My son does martial arts. I'm like, don't be out there play fighting with everybody. Man. They, mm. You know, you tuck that away. You know, they already think we're violent. You know what I mean? So don't pull that out unless you need it. You know, <laughs> tuck it away. Um, 
because I don't want him to be perceived as something he's not. You know, right. I know he's a great kid. Um, if he were blonde and blue eyed, would I say that? I don't. I probably say not. I, I wouldn't be as concerned. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine uh, a couple of days ago, just kind of in light of all this. Uh, older, a little older than me, black man, you know, and he he just was sharing with me. He's like, Nate, you know, it's it's a very common thing that we teach our kids, you know, that, hey, you're going to have to work just a little bit harder. You're going to have to have your business proposal a little more perfect. You kind of just need to go into the world with that mentality uh, if you're going to get the opportunity. And it sounds like you're reaffirming that. And, you know, the idea of the gospel and the verse that I quoted is that, yes, we are one in Christ, but that doesn't erase the distinctives of who we are as human beings. Just because in Christ, male and female are unified doesn't mean that my maleness is taken away. Doesn't right. mean that, that a woman's femaleness is taken away. She is going to experience the world differently than I am as a man. So I think the same can be said for our different uh, races, nation. I mean, would we say that a believer living in sub-Saharan Africa is having the same experience as every other believer on the face of the earth? No, we would recognize that, that there's a difference. Amen. I agree. So, Bill, I, I, I think for me, I mean, I could just talk to you uh, for a long time about this. I love hearing your, your heart. <clears throat> I've, I've been kind of thinking that, because this, on, on the one hand, as you mentioned, I can't remember if it was after we hit record or before we hit record, but I know you mentioned to me just that, you know, on one hand, this is, you know, the George Floyd video, it's like, this has happened before. This has happened off camera before. The thing that's different is that this is on camera. That's what led to this officer being arrested and you know all of that was just that it happened to be caught on camera. So it's not like this is some new development, but there has just been something about, I, I don't know if it was the length of the video, the overwhelming ugliness, of it just the pure evil the the people standing by there's something it's just it has obviously struck a chord yeah. with with so many and i think a lot of people are asking the question like what can i do you know what can what can i do what what you know and and i think there's a lot of feeling like this has got to stop you know let's end this let's let it be over and it's 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 refreshing at least to hear your perspective as a believing man saying, you know, I don't know that it will get better. My hope is in Christ. I, I pray that it gets better. I'll do what I can to make it better, but I, I don't know that it will. But for you, if, if you're talking to the church at large, you know, what are some of the things that you would say, you know, do, do this. This is a thing that I think you could do. Is it, is it listening? Is it, prayer is it what would it be that you you might advise um i guess it, so it's two layers you know the one layer of like the on the on the feet on the floor like look at what do we do to stop this you know in a real practical sense in the conversation with some other brothers we were saying man maybe you know there need to be more black men that pursue law enforcement more christian men not even not just black men but just 
more men that will, because there's a pressure that they have. They have a brotherhood among them. Uh, there's a code of ethics that they follow. And it's what allows for some of the things that happen to happen. And so there need to be more stand-up Christian men uh, in those positions, in those places. You know, that in a real practical sense, that would make mm -hmm. a difference. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, the light would hopefully outshine the dark uh, that's there, you know. And so um, that's one that's good. You know, as far as a, a practical. But, you know, I think the, the church needs to be on its knees. We, and then we need to continue to do our job. I think... Um, like, you know, we could, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily feel led to say, let's, let's go march. I don't necessarily believe that that there's any spiritual power mm. in a march, you know, um, I, don't, I you know, yeah, we're going to vote our faith. I don't really believe that we're going to vote in the right people to change the hearts of men. You know, like the church has to re we gotta, we gotta keep coming back to the table that says we got to preach the gospel, you know? Mm. People are breaking the law because they don't know the Lord. And mm. people are killing other people because they don't know the Lord. And, you know, how do we chip away at that? We continue to preach the gospel. We continue to reach our world uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what Christ told us to do. That's what he commissioned us to do. That's what he empowers us to do. So I think every other thing that we get off on and go after, it's not anointed, it's not empowered, and it takes away our focus from what does work this works you know mm. why am i not out there looting and riding because i was born again because somebody preached the gospel to me you know why am i not angry and tearing up stuff and because i've been saved i've been born again i have a different perspective I, my hope is not on this earth you know my whole life has changed because of the gospel and somebody mm. preached it that that's what changed me um and so a hundred more of me and a thousand more of me and you and, and every other believer we have to believe that that's the difference. And so I think for the church, um, that's what we need to be preaching, proclaiming, believing. I get a little disappointed. I feel like some churches have gotten very political and it, it starts to feel like, almost feels like what you're preaching is, that's how we're gonna change things. And it's like, it's America has never been great for everybody. And it's never gonna be great. It's as sinful as heck. And we need Jesus. We need to be preaching the gospel planting churches and making disciples and keep that the focus you know and when christ comes back may he find us making disciples and preaching the gospel not leading marches and telling people who to vote for <laughs> mm -hmm. and tell me bill what what is your opinion on just i mean part of my heart and even just talking with you is uh i've just benefited um you know, over probably the last four or five years, I can't say that this has been like a big subject in my life uh, up until that point. You know, growing up in Pacific Grove, California, it was not a very diverse community. I was never part of a very diverse school. Uh, California, you know, very liberal kind of community politically, you know, always had, always um, in the community had the feeling that we were not a prejudiced uh, kind of group, but just not something that was, you know, really on the consciousness of my life. But the last four or five years, uh, being able to read certain books, get to know certain men and women, 
and having good conversations. I've been in some of those rooms where, you, you know, you've just allowed me to, because I think a lot of times, you know, a guy like me, a white guy, you kind of worry, like, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to ask the wrong question? You know, and it's been so cool to hang out with, with someone like you because you've just been real gracious to me to be willing to talk about things that I just kind of have no experience in or about. So that's part of my heart with this conversation is just, uh, I think it's good for people to listen to each other. Is that something you're, are you feeling that way? And if so, I mean, how, how, how do you recommend believers go about that if they need to kind of get a, a different perspective than their own? Man, I think this is so good that you brought that up because I think sometimes where, you know, the, the even racism can stem from is people's only knowledge of a group may be what they see on TV, you know, what the media has shown them. And it can really shape, oh, this is what that group is like, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so the best thing you can do is to meet someone. You know, like I, I would say, man, I, I need to be talking to my white brothers. I need to be talking to Hispanic guys. I need, I need to talk to everybody. I want my own experiences with, with different types of people, you know. And so um, I think the body should be the safe place where, you know, if there was some white issue and I was like, hey, bro, I, I need a safe place to just ask. I just want to know the right thing, you know. Mm -hmm. this, this should be it. I should be able to hit up one of my white brothers and say, hey, bro, um, can I ask you this, you know, and, and, and give me the real man, help me understand. I want to, I want to, want to do the right thing by people. Um, and I think these are healthy dialogues. And so even in the body of Christ, people should do that. I remember, um, I was working with a Christian school and, um, they had a rule for the girls. There was no hats, no, no head covering, you know, no, no nothing on their heads. And we had a black girl who, um, you know, for those who don't know how black girls hair work, you know, if you get it wet. You got a girl's hair laid down to get wet, it just poof, it goes boom. You know, I got daughters and a wife. I know this. And so this girl must have, you know, got wet on accident in the morning. And so she was covering, she had something on and covered her head. And so the vice principal, you know, he called me and said, Hey, Bill, um, I brought in this girl, you know, she has the head thing on. And she said, she told me what happened. Is that a thing? And I just said, Man, I'm so glad you called me, man. I said, Yes, you know, it's a, I mean, you spray a water gun at a black girl, you've made an enemy for life, bro. She, uh, you, know, you, you basically are saving her humiliation by letting her wear that today. Yeah. And he said, okay, I, I didn't know, but I wanted to check. And I just thought, you know, because this is my bro. This is my brother in Christ, and he doesn't know. Um, and so he asked. And I just thought, man, you know, um, we got to be able to have that kind of openness with each mm -hmm. other, you know, where – we already know there's nothing but love here. So any question is not going to be offense, offensive, you know, um, I think it's healthy. Yeah. And that's so, so often it feels, you know, in the online kind of atmosphere where you're dealing with people that you don't know personally, it always feels like I got to say the exact right thing. Mm. But when you're, when you're brothers and sisters in Christ and you get in a room, I just think it's a different experience. And, uh, yeah. Bill, uh, do you have, uh, as I kind of try to wrap it up, I mean, you've given me so much of your time already, but do you have a, a good, um, like a recommended resource, something that, you know, on your heart, you'd say this, this book is really good, or this video is really good, something that you think, you know, as you've been here to Calvary Monterey before, and have taught to this church that you think this would be a, a great 
uh, step or something for you guys to consume? I, you know what? I've, I, I wish I had written down some. There's some like heavy works, something on more of a light side, but I thought it was really, I really liked it was Miles McPherson's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a third option. Um, I really liked the layout, how that put things together. I felt like it was, it was fair, but it hit every, I, I feel like I can give that book to every color of the rainbow and it's going to help me. Um, oh. It's going to help out. So I, I, I thought he did a really good job of laying it out and keeping Jesus where he belongs over all these. So um, that's been, I've, I've recommended that a few times recently, many, um, I, I thought that was a really good resource. You know? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. He's a, he's a well-known trusted name, you know, in the church for, for many years. So it'll be good to look that up. I can't wait to read it myself. So Bill, you know, uh, I don't know if you have uh, any last things you want to exhort us with, but I just, I love you so much, brother. And I'm so thankful for your friendship and I hope this isn't the last time that we have a conversation that we can, I know it won't be the last time we have a conversation, but I hope it's not the last time we have one that we can hit the record button on and and, uh, share with, with the folks. So definitely have to do that, man. And I I guess I would close with this, uh, just a reminder to everybody, um, let everything that we do, um, let it filter through uh, the lens of the gospel. Um, Don't lose focus of, who you are and who you represent um, to the whole lost world. Um, you know, I, I, I think believers need to really keep that in mind. I, I am, I'm a recipient of the gospel and I am a, I'm a proclaimer of this good news to everybody. And um, that perspective, I, I think that would just stop some of the bad that I've seen that would stop it. You know, mm. I realize that I'm, I'm proclaiming the gospel to these people. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, you know, lost world, this isn't the last bad thing that's going to happen. There'll be a whole new set of things as the weeks go by. Um, the answer will remain the same. Jesus, there's no other answer to every L and issue of man that Jesus Christ and so uh, I'm not looking anywhere else. I don't believe in anything else. Believe in him, preach him, proclaim him. And uh, that's what I would exhort us and encourage us to do. Keep Jesus at the front of everything. So. Amen, Bill. Thank you so much, brother. Would you close us out by praying for our church families? Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for my brother, Nate. Uh, Lord, thank you for um, my, our fellowship here at Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Lord, I thank you for his fellowship. Um, and uh, just just the blessing that you you have been to each of us, Lord. Thank you for the groups that we get to minister to, to teach your word to, and even to guide them through seasons like this. Uh, God, I pray you would lead and direct Nate as he ministers to his body and gives them divine perspective of all that they're seeing on TV and even experiencing in the community. God, give me the same. Give me wisdom from above, Lord. Give me direction and insight from you. Uh, how, how, the, how to direct people and lead people through what we're experiencing here in Inglewood in a way that would cause them to look to you. God, we don't, we don't claim to know it all or have all the answers. Uh, we're grateful to be in relationship with you, and we believe that you do. And so, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us wisdom as we serve. And um, pray you would continue to have your way in both of these fellowships. 
and in both of our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.